Welcome to the sermon podcast of Resurrection Community Church in Virginia Beach. We seek to connect people to God and one another through His Word, and hope this sermon brings you closer to God. That said, uh, we're hearing God's Word, Genesis chapter 1, uh, verse 1 through 2, 3. A lot that could be said here, but we'll try to see the highlights of what God has for us this morning. So as I read, listen to say, what is God saying to His people? Not necessarily what questions do I bring or what do I know or how does this fit, but what does God want me to know this morning? What is God's purpose in giving us this word? Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were over the expanse. And it was so. And God called the expanse heaven. And there was evening, and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth sprout vegetation and plants yielding seed and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds and trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves, with which the waters swarm according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters and the seas, and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things, and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds, and the livestock according to their kinds, and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heaven, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. 
And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for these glorious verses that lay down how we got here, how it all started. We pray now that as we reflect on it together, that you would speak to us by your Holy Spirit, that you would take this word and sink it deep into our hearts, that it would not merely be information for our heads, but truly transformation for our lives, changing the way that we think, the way that we feel, the way that we live. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, there's an old joke uh, about two, two truckers who are driving their truck down the highway, and they get, uh, they get to a bridge, and you know, every bridge lists its height. And the bridge says, max height, 14 feet. And they pause, and they look at each other, and they say, well, our truck's 15 feet. What are we going to do? And the one looks at the other, and he looks around, and he says, well, I don't see any highway patrol out here. Let's go for it. <laughs> of course, that's not going to work too well, right? Because the sign is not just arbitrary. The sign says your truck is going to crash if it is too tall. And that joke, you know, we can laugh at that and say that's, that's kind of silly. Like, who would, who would think that? But, but the truth is that's how we think very often about laws and about rules. That we think of them as, as kind of arbitrary. We think about them as whether somebody is going to enforce them. And we can even think that way about God's laws. Even when we think about God's laws and say that we know that they are for our good and that God is a good God, He makes just laws, we still are so tempted to think in terms of enforcement and getting in trouble. And so, well, is anybody watching? Does God really care about this or that? And so what God is saying, you may say, why are you talking about laws? This isn't about laws, it's about creation. But what you see here in Genesis chapter 1 over and over again, is that God made everything in its place, according to its kind, according to its pattern, that God has set everything in place. And that's, that's the message for us from Genesis chapter 1. When we say, what is God trying to communicate to us? Not what, what questions might we have, or what questions does science bring up, or all that, but what does God want to say? God wants to say, I made it all. And I made it in the right way, in its place. Everything has a place. Everything has an order. And, 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 you know, we like that, right? Most of us, whether we're ultimately successful or not, most of us like the idea of organization. We want our homes to be places where there's a place for everything and everything has a place and all that kind of stuff. Most of us don't really accomplish it, but, but, it's frust- but it frustrates us, right? We like the idea that the world is ordered. The problem we have is that we, ever since what we'll see two chapters later here in Genesis chapter 3, from the very beginning, man has tried to make his own order. And so that's our problem is that we want order, but we we want it on our terms. And so here in chapter 1, God is saying, look, God has set everything in its place, and it was good. And it was good. He made everything according to its kinds. (laughs) 
Like, according to what kind? According to the pattern that he had in his own self, in his head. We are, there's, there's so much glory and truth here that this earth is not an accident. This earth is not a projection of God as some other creation myths might have it. But this earth is an intentional creation apart from God, but according to the pattern that he had in himself. And he set the earth out according to its kind. What kind? The way it's supposed to be. That's what Genesis chapter 1 is saying. That everything that God made was done the way it is supposed to be. Now we don't see it that way because we keep trying to make our own way. And we keep trying to come up with our own patterns and think that we can do it better. And so the message for us uh, from God this morning is that we must live by His design. If God has set everything in its place, we must order our lives to fit into the design that God has made. And we see that here in three specific areas in Genesis chapter 1. The first is that God sets nature in its place. The second is that God sets people in their place. And the third is that God sets time in its place. Because God has set everything in its place. First, God has set nature in its place. We see that, of course, you know, with... If, any, if you ask anybody, what is Genesis chapter 1 about? It's, it's about this stuff out here, right? Trees and branches and animals and the sky and the sun and the moon. But the thing to realize is that God has set it all with an order. He has set it in a place. And, and He has set it to work in particular ways. And so then the question is, what, what does that mean for us? What does it mean to live in accordance with the nature that God has created, with the way he has organized things. And we see a lot of, you know, we look out at the world and nature is not always a friendly place. Like we, we look at this and, you know, this was a great weekend of camping here for those who camped because it was beautiful weather. It didn't rain. It was comfortable. We have the amenities we need. Like it all worked. And we're like, yes, nature is great. But there's lots of times you know, if you lived in, if you were living in Florida a couple weeks ago, that you said nature is not good. You know, there are terrible storms. Even if we were just out here in a thunderstorm, we'd say, what, what are we doing out here? And why, why nature can turn out to be destructive is, is complicated and does have things to do with what we're coming to uh, when, when mankind falls in Genesis chapter 3. But there's an idea that, that fundamentally... If we can arrange ourselves in accord with nature, things will go better. I mean, I'm not, and this, this is a matter of wisdom, so I'm not trying to throw shade at any particular person or any particular place or city planners or things. But there's a sense that if you build cities in oceans, they will get flooded, right? If you build hill, houses on steep hills and tear out all the trees, they will fall down in mudslides. Like, it, it, there's just a sense of that. And again, I'm not... I'm not calling out any particular place because, as we see here, man is given dominion over the earth to go and build and create. But we need to be wise about how we do that. So what does it mean for us specifically? One is that if, if God has put nature in its place and set its kind, we can study it. This is a great testimony to the value of scientific study and enterprise. It works because God has made it to work. We can figure out laws of science. We can figure out theories and all those kinds of things because nature is predictable and it is worthy of study and attention to the details of God's design. 
And then we also need to consider each of us in our own way and as a, as a society at large, how do we fit within nature that God has created? It's, it's a question for wisdom. But it, and it doesn't have easy answers, but it's one that we should be considering. What does it look like to control and, and make the earth grow? What does it look like to live within what the earth has already given us? So we, God has set nature in its place. We live within it. The second thing we see here is that God has set people in their place. This is kind of, you know, we think of the six days of creation and God made this and this and this. But the high point of creation is on the sixth day. That's where the text, the story, slows down. We've been going fast. We got, we got earth and sky. We got sun and moon. We got day and night. We got plants all over the earth. We got all the animals. And then we get to verse 26. The first time that God says this, let us make man in our image after our likeness. That it is very clear as I, it is true that we should live in accordance with with the nature that God has created and try to live within that, man is special. That's, that's very clear. We are the only creature that is made after the image of God. So what does that mean that God made man in, his, in our image? And verse 27, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. He says image here three times and likeness one time. And he specifies male and female. And so we see that God is the one who has created people. So the, the biggest thing coming out of here is what does it mean to be the image of God? The image of God, the role of man, the place that he has given us is to reflect God's glory throughout the earth. What are we to be? We're to be little mirrors that if people look at us, they see a picture of God. That in us, they see God's creativity, God's love, God's work, God's grace, God's truth, God's justice. The, the idea was that God, after he created this beautiful earth, filled it then with his glory. What did his glory look like? People. People to reflect the image of God throughout the earth. So that's the first thing here is the image of God. But the second thing that we can't, we can't miss in our current cultural context is that it says in Genesis 1, male and female, he created them. That our design as men and women is something that is created by God. Of course, this gets complicated in our culture. And it's complicated by sin in all kinds of ways. And so we have to look at this and say, what is God saying? Saying that God has created men and women differently. And, that, and he doesn't say anything else about it, right? He just says male and female, he created them. In a sense... God is saying, can't you see? Can't you see? It, it is obvious. Even little children know. They know who are boys and who are girls. And yet, we complicate this so much with cultural trappings of what does it mean to be masculine or what does it mean to be feminine. And we've got to be able to step back and say, okay, what of these things that we, uh, uh, we connect with being masculine or being feminine are really coming from the Bible and what of it have we overlaid with our culture? And if we could separate the, the, the idea of male and female from so much of the cultural trappings that go along with it, we would be in so much of a healthier place where we can start from the starting point that God says, God made male and female, and everybody really knows it. And that there are, there are complications, there are kind of 
cases of all kinds of things. But fundamentally, there is a truth there that is easily recognizable. But when we say, well, if God made male and female, that means that all men have to like trucks and all women have to like sewing. We're going way off track, right? Because we're, but, but then that leads to confusion because then we hear that and we're like, well, I'm a man. I don't like trucks. Am I really a man? We've got to say, no, I'm a man because God made me a man. Not anything to do with trucks, not anything to do with my ability to start a fire, not anything to do with liking camping because God made me a man. What else is there to it? Not much. Like, right? I mean, there are, we, there, there are other things throughout the Bible that we will see that are kind of God-ordained roles and, and responsibilities and that kind of thing. But fundamentally, there is a difference here that God has laid out, and we must be careful not to add to it. Because as we add to it, then we lose it. Then we lose the distinction. But if we keep to it, we can build rightly from there. So the question for us from this that God put set people in his place is what, how am I reflecting the image of God? That is the question for each of us. Fundamentally saying, God has made me to reflect him. When people look at me, are they seeing God's truth, justice, forgiveness, mercy? What is God calling me to show to the people around me? Is, am I reflecting the image of God in what I make? in how I work, in how I relate to my friends, in how I relate to my family, my reflecting the image of God. So God sets nature in his place, God sets people in his place, and God sets time in his place. She said, what's the biggest thing, the big picture of Genesis chapter 1? It's laying out a schedule. It's laying out a week. There was evening and there was morning the first day. There was evening, there was morning the second day, the third day, the fourth day. And then on the seventh day, God rested. So God has set for us the whole system of time, setting out his work week. How did God create the world in one week? How long was that week? I don't know. It was a week to God, right? In God's, in God's world, it was one work week. Six days that he worked, and on the seventh day, he rested. And in the middle of there, he gave us the sun and moon to set the time and the seasons for us. So God sets time in its place. And then we have to align ourselves with his time. We are not made to do nothing. We are made to work. We are made, but we are not made to work all the time. We are made to work for six days and to rest for one. Like many things, exactly how that works out requires wisdom. But it is significant that it comes here from the beginning. And from the very beginning, this has been part of the fundamental identity of God's people that the right way for them to be is on a rhythm of six days of work and one day of rest. So that is why it is so right that we order our weeks by coming together to gather to worship on, on the Lord's day, the day that Jesus rose from the dead on Sundays. One day in seven, we gather to worship and then we rest. Now, of course, there's a whole variety of complications in wisdom because there's no, you can't have some people resting without some other people working in some way. That's just not the way that our life works, right? So many of you work in jobs where you have to work on Sundays. You cannot take that day completely off. But whatever situation God has put you in, he calls each of us to find our, to align ourselves with his time, to find our rhythm of work and rest, that we can take those days of rest, time to worship him 
and time to rest. Time to rest in terms of sleep. Time to rest in terms of uh, quality time with our families. Quality time with doing things that renew us and energize us. But there is a time to work and there is a time to rest. And we need to each find that for ourselves. And so then the question, because it's like, who, who doesn't want to rest? But the truth is, most of us don't. Like, we want to, but all right, it's not that most of us don't want to. It's most of us don't do it. So what is keeping us from resting? And most often the thing that keeps us from resting is thinking that if we don't do it, it's not going to happen. And so the key to trusting in God, the key to aligning with God's time is trust. To say that God has set this time and pattern. And if God could work six days and rest one, for sure, I can work six days and rest one. Because God made it all. And God is in control of it all. And so if there are things that don't get done because I am stopping to rest, there are things that I do not need to do by God's ordained design. Or I do not need to do them today. Maybe I will do them tomorrow. Maybe somebody else will do them. Maybe they will not be done. Again, all things with wisdom and working them out. But as we work things out with wisdom, we must not lose sight of the calling that God has called us to the pattern of work and to rest. For in our rest, we align ourselves with his creation, his creation of time, and we express our trust and faith that he really is in control of this world, and we are not. So Genesis chapter 1, so much more we could say, but fundamentally tells us that God has set everything in its place. And if we, if we must align ourselves to him, to find our place in his nature, to find our place as his image bearers, to find our place in his time. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your grace. We thank you that you had this written down and preserved for us. We thank you for all that you have made, all that you have set in place. We pray that you would teach us each in the days to come what it means to work out these great truths for ourselves, what it means to reflect your image, what it means to live in accord with your nature, what it means to live on your schedule. Would you show us each what that means in our lives? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from Resurrection Community Church. To learn more about our church and how you can connect with God and others, please visit resurrectionvb.org.